welcome to episode 28. I'm Jeff. I'm Kim. And, and we Tom's don't, not here. We don't know where he is. We've been waiting on him to show up, and, and he hasn't. So, Tom, well, it's not like he can hear us because we're recording this. <laughs> this is a podcast, not the radio. It's not Facebook Live. It's not, and we're not Facebook Living. So, anyway, we are the Three Old Reds fans, or at least two for right now. Coming to you from Studio 82, just down the street from our good friends at Beans in the heart of Cedarville, the famous birthplace and final resting place of Reds legend Bumpus Jones. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app or website. Leave us a, a, a fine review there. Tell us how much you like us. Uh, that will help other Reds fans find us. Uh, we might not be the most entertaining show out there, but listening to us sure beats watching the Reds on most days. Um Although today, yesterday, we didn't have to watch them at all. And Thursday this week, we don't have to watch them at all because they had this rare two games off in a week because of the way they changed some scheduling through the, in the last CBA. Um, Riggleman doesn't like it. He was fussing about it the other day because of the pitching rotation, how it messes with that. But, you know, I, I think the Reds, you know, could benefit from a couple of days off. <laughs> Something different. <laughs> We know we won't lose those days. <laughs> <laughs> so, at any rate, so we are closing in on the number 1,000 for downloads of this show. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and that's coming very That'll happen, like, by tomorrow. Once this one gets, this uh, show gets posted, even though Tom's not here, I predict that it will go well. So when do you estimate we'll go platinum? Platinum? <laughs> well, we'll be really old Reds fans. the word that'll be, like, the word that, that'll be like, instead of three old Reds fans, we'll be like... Uh, grandkids. Three, three old Reds fans. Grandkids. Three, three old Reds fans. Great grandkids. grandkids. Um, oh, my. But okay. th- they'll have us in hologram yes, mode somehow. Yes, that'll, that'll, that'll work. Yeah, we could do the Ted Williams thing and maybe come back someday. Yes, yes. <laughs> well... The Reds uh, still mired in last place, 16 and a half out, I think, going into today behind everybody in the division. <laughs> um, they do play the Royals the next couple nights, uh, tonight and tomorrow, and uh, the Royals actually have a worse winning percentage than the Reds. Um, doesn't mean anything, doesn't mean we'll beat them, but you got to like our chances. Both teams like their chances. Both teams do, yeah. <laughs> yes, and Joey Votto will be DHing tonight. I yeah. uh, don't know if he'll DH the next night, but um, he is the DH in the Tuesday game this week. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some uh, rules changes and things that baseball is maybe talking about a little bit later. But first of all, last time we talked, Winker had just been benched. We recorded the show, and now there were other podcasts. A lot of people wrote a lot of stuff. This is the dumbest thing ever uh, for the Reds to do. And two days later, he's back playing, mm-hmm. and he's playing every day. So what do you think happened? I I think I was out west when this occurred. I'm trying to remember. I remember being disappointed when I heard that he was the odd man out. And I don't remember reading specifics, but... What I do recall is someone referencing the fact that upper management made the decision and they said the names, and one name they did not say was Dick Williams. Yeah. And then afterwards, the the change was made. So the inference being that Williams overrode them. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. We have no clue if that's true or not. Uh, if it is, thank you. Mm-hmm. And and if it is true, what in the world are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a mystery to me. And and you know, Winker by far the least at bats of any of the four outfielders. But as Tom said so eloquently last time, he hasn't proved he can't hit yet. <laughs> and and lately he has been hitting He's very been hitting. well. I think he actually has more at bats than Shevler because Shevler was out. Of I'm hurt. talking about career. Oh, career, career at bats, yeah. And and you're right now. He probably has more at bats than Shebs because Shebs was out because of the injury. He does. Shebs doesn't have enough at bats to even qualify for right. like league leaders. But so. I, I'm I'm glad he is uh, back in the lineup, and I think a lot of us are. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, like we said, we, we don't know how good the guy's going to turn out to be, but, well, let's find out. That's what this year's supposed to be about, right? And we've already seen what some of the other guys can do. Um, so he's going into this Tuesday game against the, Ro- against the Royals. He hit 264, 369 OBP, 368 slugging because of the he only has three homers and not a lot of extra base hits. So it's just the that little thing and that's that thing in there and about his hitting. Is he going to hit for extra bases? He hit a long home run the other day. Won somebody right. a Toyota truck. Right. Uh, they and he up, also hit a foul ball home run yeah. in that same game that was deep yeah. mammoth yeah. shot in right field. And there's no there's nothing that says he can't develop power. I mean, I was looking at some we'll talk about Joe Morgan later and I looked at some of his stuff, you know, when he won MVPs, when he got into his early 30s is when he started hitting 20-plus homers. Before that, he never did. Not to say that Jesse Winker's going to be a Hall of Famer, but things like that happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still only 24. His walk percentage and his and his strikeout percentage are three points better than they were last year. I looked that up today. Wow. Walk percentage is 16. I'm sorry, it's 13.6. Only Votto is better at 16.2. So everybody's always pretty much second to Joey in walk percentage. Uh, in strikeout percentage, he's at 14.5. Votto is better at 14.1, and Peraza is the best on the – strikes out the least on the team. He's uh, 10.7. Hmm. So those are good signs. He he walks with the Get best of base. them, and he strikes out fewer times sort of with right. the best of them. His – his uh, WOBA, his WOBA, weighted on base average, is 329, which is down a little bit from last year, but not not a lot. So the average, if you're at least 320 or above, you're typically considered at least average or above average. And so he's in that average category right now, sort of that that stat that sort of measures that all, all sort of on-base events aren't created equal. It's not like batting average or, slug, or uh, on-base average, figure that kind of a slugging percentage type of thing to sort of measure that offensive value his um wrc plus is at 106 100 being the average major leaguer at this point um so he's six points above that which is down a little bit from last year um and that sort of quantifies your another quantifying of offensive value based on runs he's kind of performing in some ways a little better some ways a little worse but close enough this early in the year that it feels like he's tracking along the same because he played pretty well when he came up last year. So there's no reason to think he won't continue to play pretty well and possibly raise some of these numbers and look, you know, have really nice looking numbers when the season's done. So, so we're happy Jesse's playing. And he's played the past several games in left field. You know, had that diving catch to his forehand, had this incredible. He caught it off the wall, yeah. but he didn't have his glove facing the wall. He had it like this, and somehow the ball uh, still stuck in his glove and fooled everyone and called him out, overruled correctly on replay. Right. But he's been playing well in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing we argued last. Field. Yeah, it's one thing we argued last week was um, can't get any better in the outfield sitting in the dugout. I mean, he's not going to. That's um, right. So that was one of our complaints. So we like we. We like seeing him play. The other big kind of discussion point lately that I've been hearing a lot, reading a lot about is Scooter and what to do with Scooter. Keep him and sign him or trade him. So he turned 28 in May. Okay. He was 24th in war. And I'm looking at fan graphs, their war statistics. Not everybody's war statistics are exactly the same. They had him. He finished last season twenty fourth in the National League of players who would be qualified for like at bats for a batting title. Right now he's fifth in the National League. When he was twenty six, he was like sixty seventh. He played a lot of games that year for the Brewers, and then they just decided to cut him loose the next year. So, typically, guys who are going to be good, really good, and have sort of those long twelve. 15 years of a lot of production kind of usually start really young, right? Being really productive in their early 20s for the most part. There are exceptions. But for the most part, that happens. Scooter wasn't that guy. Scooter is at that peak age where he's having his best years. So history would say 
because he didn't do it before those years, he was really, I mean, there was a big jump. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he's peaking. He is peaking, but, I mean, it's like from not, from very, you know, way below average player to, find, to a, suddenly a very above average player, hitter. And typically, history would tell you that that doesn't mean he's going to last very long at that. There's going to be, he gets in his early 30s and he's going to drop Kind of like off. Adam Duvall, maybe? Duvall is doing that. You know, he's an example, certainly. He'll be 29 early next season. If you were going to sign him, how many years would you sign him for? Would you feel comfortable giving Scooter Jeanette? Based on what we've seen with his two years here and his presence on this team in the clubhouse and not looking at return value or anything else, just to answer your question generically, the answer is yes. Um, okay. I I get I I've been all over the place on this. Yeah. Like I'm like trade him, get what you can, and I'm still okay with that if it, if the return is really good. Right. If it's not, I would give him I wouldn't give him any more than three. I agree that gets with him, you. That gets him to starting off next season at 29, then 30, 31. Do it for three years. If you're, if he's still an all, if he's like an all star at age thirty one, then you know, then yeah, probably a couple more years. But right. to to go five on that guy feels just because of where he, just because of what, as I explained, kind of how his how he fits his career tracks historically. Yeah, he's probably got two or three more good years in him. Right. But probably not six, six or seven. <laughs> right. Oh, I agree. And we, we communicated about that, too. And I think someone had mentioned four, and I mentioned I'm more comfortable with three as well. Now, yeah. would Scooter want four? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and that may come down to what it's going to cost you. Right. You know, well, if if, if if he's not, because we know he wants to stay here. Cause his, right. Hometown his, boy. They approached the Reds this past year about signing an extension. The Reds said, oh, we're not ready to talk about that. Which I think was smart, yeah. Um, and so I think um, depends on the. It just depends on the the, the, the number that they, that Jeanette wants. Is he had, is he willing to take a little less and stay here? I guess what we do is we look at these other teams who are in the pennant races, and we look at their second baseman, and say, okay, what are you willing to give up for him? I mean, every. Game I hear of the Yankees, and what's his first name? His last name's Torres, Gleyber. Gleyber Torres. Gleyber. And I just sit there and think, that's what the Yankees gave for giving up Chapman. We got a bag of pretzels for Ch- uh, Chapman. I just, depends on what you're going to get back for a scooter. I agree with you. Torres was traded by the Cubs with two other guys. You don't know who they are. <laughs> To the Yankees for Chap, and of course the Yankees turn around and re-signed him. Right, of course. So, uh, well, Jockety could have waited. He could have waited. I yeah, but, I, but waited. I think it's. I think that whole domestic thing probably had something to do with it. And they just sort of, as you've talked about before. So, but anyway. that domestic issue was like February, March. Four months later, some team would overpay him at the deadline, and yeah, yeah. blew it. Yeah, they did. I did not say that. After the situation, I said it right then and there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I know, I know. So, Suarez and Jeanette, I think we would all agree, are having the best seasons for the Reds. And Votto kind of close behind. So, I, looking at dove, diving into some sabermetrics today, some uh, analytics a little bit, because I know how much you enjoy that. And I, I looked at Woba. WRC plus, which is weighted runs created, which looks at that overall value as a hitter based on runs, and in WAR, which is a attempts to explain how valuable each player is to his team. And of seventy four players in the National League right now that are eligible for batting title numbers, I mean that's that's what that's how I did it. Minimum plate appearances, I set it at that. So there's 74 guys right now that fit that mold. So the Reds are very well represented at the top and at the and bottom. At the bottom. In yeah. all three categories. So, for instance, in Woba, Suarez, fourth, Jeanette, fifth, Votto, eighth. 
Duvall 64th, Peraza 66th, Hamilton 72nd. Mm. And it's similar in the other ones. WRC Plus, it's Suarez 4th, Jeanette 6th, Votto 8th. In war, Jeanette is 5th, Suarez is 6th or 8th, and Votto is 10th. So there, we got three of the 10 best offensive players in the league right now, and we got three of the worst. I think the numbers track, it tracks almost the very same all the way down for all three categories. There's a couple of differences. I'm not going to go w- deep into that, but Shebler is basically fourth on the team in those numbers. Winker comes in fifth, then Barnhart or Winker, Barnhart are, are flipped, I think. Uh, well, no, actually, Winker is last on the team in war right now. Winker, but he's like fifth in the other two stats. And then Duvall, Peraza, Hamilton. Winker's actually 0.0, 66th in the National League of War right now. <laughs> but he is ahead of Jay Bruce, who is negative <laughs> 0.1. So, yeah, that's that's what this lineup is. And so, I, you know, right now, you, you want to bat, what, your best players at the top of the order, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. baseball 101. That makes sense. And we've done a lot of different things this year. Billy's let off. Winker's let off. Peraza's let off. Now Shebler's leading off. And Shebler, actually tracking through these types of numbers, he's the he's the best hitter of those guys so far this year, most productive guy, Winker being the second. <clears throat> Suarez bats in the top half of the order. Jeanette does. Votto does. Shebler is now. Winker's right there. Barnhart's still batting second right now. I'm not sure I like that when they did it. These numbers sort of bear out that he's more of a bottom half of the team, though he's not as far down as he's a little below the league middle mm-hmm. as a hitter. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I think he should stay there. I mean, I'd rather bat Winker second if I'm going to lead off with Shevler. He you? is certainly. I, I remember when they were batting him eighth for the longest time, and I think you got to get him up to the six hole. Who Barnhart? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. It doesn't. It doesn't pass the smell test either. No. Him being at the two hole, you'd love it if Peraza could be a guy. You'd obviously love it if Hamilton were the guy that you could have up top. But I think I share with you because Vado is is not getting a lot of opportunities with guys on base. Do we have a leadoff batter? And I'd love to see Vado two, Suarez three, Scooter four, Winker five and give Winker a chance to hit with those guys on base. Um, but we just don't have a leadoff guy. No, no. I mean, you know, Shebler's kind of hot. Maybe that's why they put him up there, just to ride that for a while. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, right. I, he's not a long-term. I don't think he's a long-term leadoff guy? No. solution. No. Um, I think with this, what they have, he's a top half of the lineup guy. I just don't think he's... <laughs> I don't think that's the, the long-term solution there. Interesting, though, um, Charlie Blackman bats leadoff for the Rockies. Yeah. Shebler doesn't actually, when I did those rankings, he didn't show up because he's just a few at-bats shy of the minimum. But I did look at his number and saw where did he slot if he was, and he slots tied with Charlie Blackman in, like, WRC+. plus. So, I mean, wow. interesting you know, when you throw all these numbers together, he's kind of the same. He's been kind of the same guy, at least in that stat, that Charlie Blackman's been. And everybody has, would say, that's worked. Yes, it has. That's worked. Yes, it has. Doesn't mean it would work for every team. <laughs> but just interesting. Maybe the Reds, when I see some, when I looked at some of these numbers a day and I see what some of the things the Reds have done recently with the lineup, I'm like, they're painted, they're looking at stuff. I mean, they got even more analytics than you can find online you would think and so it's interesting to see that they're starting to pay attention to some of this stuff and and not be so old school so all right here's a question for you totally changing the subject this is episode number 28 and i got the (laughs) idea today bobby told the number 28 who who are some reds that have worn that number and who currently wears that number for the reds Cal Daniels, maybe? Yes, Cal um, Daniels. Who, who's the current red? We'll do that one first. Oh, my gosh. You're going to make me think. So, Winker's 33. He's a pitcher. Is it Disco? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Disco's, Disco's 28. So, you're right. you got Cal Daniels. 
Okay. Uh, Bobby Tolan. Was, uh, there's 30, was, there's was 30, Mike Lum? No. There's no? 37 in all. I made a list of about eight or nine here. All right, so I got Tolan and Daniels. I'm happy that I got those. Okay, all right. Uh, before Di Sclafani, it was Chris Heisey. Okay. Who was around for about four years. Messiah College grad, right? Was he? I didn't know that. Austin Kearns. Yep. One of the nasty boys. Hold on, hold on. What was it? I'm trying to... Randy. Randy Myers. Yeah, Charlton was 37, I think. Yep, he was. Dibble was a higher number, wasn't he in the... 49. 40, 40s or something, yeah. Was it 49? Yeah, all right. Here's a guy who, as a member of the Houston Astros, got in a big fight with Ray Knight, and then he played for the Reds later. Came out of the dugout when Ray Knight was playing third base. Do you remember that incident? No. Cesar Cedeno. A pinch hitter in the late 70s. Harry Spillman? No. Champ? Bailey. Summers. Summers. Champ Who's Summers. Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey. He, he's a football player. Yeah, cornerback. He's a cornerback. He was like a quarterback and quarterback guy. at Georgia. Played for, like a, guy. played for like the Redskins and the Broncos, didn't he? That's Champ right. Champ Bailey. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, the great Veda Pinson wore number 28. Uh, yeah. And Wally Post from the 50s. So that's Your dad's favorite Reds. Well, my dad's favorite Reds. Yeah, absolutely. So that that there you go. That's some interesting that's number 20. So might, we might continue have to, to be do ready that. for number 29. Number 29. We can do this up through 99. And we could have done it before and said Mr. Red. Yeah. Scott Rowland as yeah. well. Yeah. So we could have done. So once we get to 99, we'll start back over at 1 <laughs> if we're still around. If Tom shows up for any of our <laughs> podcast, more podcasts. Um, all right, Sinzel, he's playing. He's healthy again. Playing well. And playing well. Playing very well. I heard Crawl, the new GM, when I was driving down the Dragons game Sunday, he was uh, it was Ask the GM segment with Jim Day on the Reds pregame. So it was like sort of people writing in, asking questions. So some of them are okay, some of them not, not so great. But... Um, he was asked about Sinzel, when's he going to be? Is he going to be in a Reds uniform before the end of this season? And he hemmed and hawed but he said yes, but he would not commit to a time frame, which you wouldn't expect him to. But at least he said, yeah, he's going to, we're going to see that guy here. So it's a matter of time. How they'll use him, who knows? Do they say, here's your position, take it? Or do they play him, move him around, see how he reacts? Try not to put too much pressure on him for one position to be the guy. Mm-hmm. But we're all looking forward to seeing him. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if they don't play him every day, people will scream. I can see him playing, coming up and playing that night, and the next night he's not on the in the lineup. Twitter will go nuts. Where's Sinzel? Where is he? It'd be like the Winker stuff. So, um, and as bad as the Reds have been. That is understandable. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you think they'll put him? Well, seeing how they played him at short quite a bit in, in the uh, sp- uh, spring training and then came, went to Louisville and played strictly at second base, I figure second base will be his position. But then what do you do with Scooter? No, no, that's the... And does Scooter become a uh, corner outfielder? Or does he get traded? Yeah, but I... I my. My guess, second base. If they're, if the Reds have a plan, which we talked about in the last show, do they have a plan? If their plan is to move Scooter, we won't see him till Scooter's moved. I don't hmm. think. Hmm. Um, doesn't that, does that so make that sense? means late July. Yeah. Does that make sense? That they would would do that? Would I just could keep see that there? as a possibility, just but I could still see them bringing him up, putting him in. Yeah, and maybe. You know? Maybe Moose. Gosh, if only we had a DH. Oh, I know. Well, there you go. <laughs> we got one next two nights. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't that lineup look a lot better with Sinzel in it than Duvall? Oh, uh, with our pitching, <laughs> our pitchers can't. Uh, our pitchers might actually hit better than they pitch. Well, and you know, a, 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 an ask you question here, um, and you've seen it on Twitter. Why not put Larissa in center field? Oh, I know. You know. <laughs> Well, well, that's because you don't, he hasn't just, you don't hit, just do that in the middle of a season. He hasn't hit major league pitching other than the little bit he's been a pitcher. Yeah. But uh, 
That's how desperate we are, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's not doesn't make any sense to do. So, so that'll be we're going to see him. It's just going to be interesting to see what the plan is. And and then did we draft our future shortstop last week? No, uh, maybe, maybe a couple years. Maybe we'll sign. Maybe we'll sign him in the off season too. I don't know. I suspect uh, India will sign. No, I mean. I know. I know. Somebody out a free I'm just agent. Thinking, yeah. In three years, would Jonathan India be our shortstop? I don't know. Because he has, he has been on record of saying he prefers to play shortstop. Right, right. And if he can play it and hit for power, that would be a we'll take it. That would be a really good thing. Yeah, we. Yeah. I wish we could have yeah, drafted a Bob. I, I think we're going to win player. the World Series in about three years. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how we can miss. Um, well, it was really good to see Di Scalfani pitch pretty yes. well the other night. You know, got through the first couple innings, a little nicked up, but then he then he really settled down, and it seems good. And I think we think he, if he's healthy, he will be good. He's young enough that we yeah. don't. It's not like the Homer Bailey situation, I don't think. So, you know what was encouraging within the discouragement of the fact that he only went five innings and gave up ten hits is that he only gave up two earned runs. Yeah, we finally had a pitcher who had sort of a not so great outing. We've had. Had a pitcher who's been, you know, made his first start in almost two full years work his way through that. Mm-hmm. That was encouraging. And his first start, uh, first two innings were rough, but after that he settled down and, and was in a groove. And so it's good to see that. We, mm-hmm. we need that. Right. The, the, uh, the starting unit needs that. Mm-hmm. We need a guy who's a presence in the clubhouse, and we certainly don't get that from Homer. If anything, we get a disruption with Homer. Well, yeah, it seems that way. And we'll talk about Homer here in a second. Um, our friend, my uh, Nick Carrington, who was in on this one episode last year and um, writes for Red Leg Nation, and I know pretty well. He um, he tweeted the other day about I think Garrett Lorenzen and Di Scalfani they all pitch in the same game or something, or two days apart. He's like. These three guys pitched well, and and he's on record. I think pretty much like give these guys a chance to start. You know, mm. did we see like maybe the three best starters this team has all pitch? You know, in a year from now or two years from now, mm. a year and a half from now, something like that. So, I've gone back and forth on what I think about that. I've seen the need in the bullpen, and I think that's why they did that with Garrett this year. I think Lorenzen, maybe some health issues was, you know, is he durable enough? He, looks, Jeff, he looks durable, but is he? You know, looks think, can be deceiving. Should should those guys get a chance? Do we do that the second half of the season? I believe what hurt Lorenzen in his bid for a starting uh, position is his second half last year. Mm-hmm. He did nothing out of the bullpen. And I, I believe, you know, that and the injury coming mm-hmm. out of spring training. Garrett, love to see him. I, I think of those, well, Disco we know, yeah, he's a starter. But Garrett, I think, has shown has shown enough that, hey, we really need to work with this guy. Shown enough this year and shown enough last year before they shipped him down to the minors, mm-hmm. which you pointed out, why? Yeah. Well, I think, I think I'm with you on that. I'm like, I think Garrett should definitely get that opportunity. Lorenzen, I'm on the fence about. Me too. Not sure it'll work. Me too. Now, the Homer situation, we know now that he actually might get to start again for the Reds after he comes back from being hurt. Now, he got all kinds of grief for saying probably not. However, if you do read the whole story, you find out that you know he wouldn't talk about it the day it happened. And then he came out and said, if he's telling the truth, which I don't have a reason to think he's not, he said, talking to the reporters, you guys know more about this than I do. You've been told more than I have. Hmm. So he was really ticked off, which I would be ticked off too if my boss told reporters what was going to happen with my job before he really talked to me. Or if he told reporters a lot more than he told me. I mean, I think he, he knew... But I don't think he knew. I think there was a lot of information he hadn't gotten. So all that to say is I'm not saying Homer shouldn't have said probably not. And I'm not saying Homer is a ultimate team player or anything like that. But there could be a little bit of uh, for his 
um, <laughs> not so great attitude about it. Well, there, he that, that could be a little bit of it. That some of that could be coming out of the like, what I don't know what's going on, and the frustration of them not really talking to him we also, before they told the media. He also claimed that one of the reasons he didn't want to come to the bullpen is it takes him too long to warm up. Well, I well, know, <laughs> I know. You know, and and I can remember when I first moved here from South Carolina, one of the radio stations. I don't remember which one, but. A cab driver had picked up Homer. Yeah, you were talking about that. And a local station was on, and, the, and, the, and he said, why are you listening to that crap for? Yeah. And he just started criticizing everyone. I think with Homer, I, I do think he's sort of made his bed, and he's having to live with it. And there's no doubt in my opinion, he's not an easy guy to deal with. No, he's not. And he's so not. from that, maybe he's getting a taste of his own medicine. Does it make it right? No, no, it does not. It's not a good way to run an organization. That's the thing. When I read about that and heard about that, and, and I'm looking at the story right now here on John Fay wrote a story on Cincinnati.com. That just made me like, really? Is this organization, you know, now they haven't given their other side of it, which they should be given the opportunity to do that if they were willing to talk about it, but they probably won't. But that's sort of not, that's not good either. So... I think there's a blame, plenty of blame to go around on this situation. But I guess what they're doing is, okay, you had a knee injury, your knee was bothering you. Did that have anything to do with how you were pitching? When you got twenty some million a year invested in a guy, I think you have to say, now are you completely healthy? Okay, you get another shot. <laughs> Pretty short leash, I hope. It's got to be a short leash. Two, three starts, and if you're still put giving up five, six runs every five or six innings, Jeff, I'm that's torn. done. That's done. I'm I mean, then, then you cut it off. But if if he really could be good again, even if you don't care for the guy, if he can win games for you and keep you in games, but he hasn't done that. And he hasn't done that except for the beginning of the season. So right. Is it the knee that's been the problem, or has he lost his touch? I would just say that when he was pitching for the Reds, I was torn. I want the Reds to win, but I don't want him to do well. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest. So last night in Louisville, guess what? I had no problem with, with him, getting him losing and, Louis, and yeah. Louisville losing too. Yeah, he didn't pitch I, I just, I think we've seen enough. Yeah, and I think and he's getting paid. He's been paid a lot of money to be on the injured list for so long. Mm-hmm. No fault of his own. No. So. He's he's laughing. He's got a good attitude. He's got a bad attitude. Whatever it is, all the way to the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. He does. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I I'd love for him to work out, but if he doesn't, he doesn't. But I think the leash has to be really short. I think, as I said before, I think he he sort of got that season worth of starts, and his ERA was around up over six, and, and nobody keeps a job in the major leagues with that. What Parcell say you you are you are who you are. Yeah, your stats bear it out. Yeah, yeah, and that's enough. A season is a, for a guy yes, at his sir. age. That's a sample size that's worth looking at. So, all right, free agency. Now, I said the other day, I would love to see Manny Machado playing shortstop for the Reds someday, and you were like, "Ooh, that looks good." And then Tom Corsi's like, <laughs> "What? We need pitching? Are you crazy?" <laughs> So Tom's not here to speak for himself, but we I think I know what he would say. He would say, we need pitching. So Machado and and Bryce Harper are the two big guns in this free agent market. They're both 25. They've both had great seasons. They've been all-stars. I mean, they, these are guys that if you sign for 10 years, you'd probably get 10 good years out of them mm-hmm. if they're healthy, you know? You know they're going to diminish maybe the last couple a little bit, but Joey Votto is thirty four and he's not really diminishing. I mean he's still getting it done. So those are guys I think you can. I wouldn't have any trouble if they have the money throwing the money at one of those guys. I'd rather see him throw it at Machado than I would Harper because Harper. I don't know. I just like him better. I mean I don't know. I mean, just just sort of a if it, a shortstop that can a guy who can play in the infield you hit like that's a lot harder to find than an outfielder that can hit like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you, you think know, that, so I guess is should they spend that kind of money on a position player? Should they spend you know 100 200 million dollars over 10 years on a guy like that? That's a tough call. 
That's a tough call. Well, you know, given the choice, <clears throat> if I were to spend money on a pitcher or a position player, you'd like to say position player, but our pitching is so bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we do need Molly and Castillo to set uh, to to improve. Uh, we do need Disco to just improve and get healthy, and then hopefully, within two years, a number one pick from recent will be up here. Yeah, yeah. So we'll exactly. see. Well, I mean, I think most people would say, yeah, I would give that kind of money to a solid position player like that before I'd give that kind of money to any pitcher. Right. Understood. I think Understood. Tom would agree with that even as well. But I do see his point. you got to look for some pitchers. So as I scan down through the list of free agent pitchers next year, and pitchers tend to have a – they can peak more in their, their early 30s a little bit. Keiko will be 30. Gio Gonzalez, 32. Patrick Corbin at the with the Diamondbacks. Back. He's only 28. That that interests me. Yeah, I don't know if you can get him. Uh, Charlie Morton has been really good lately, but he's thirty four. That'd be that'd be hard to go for a year, more than a year or two for a guy like that. Uh, Hyun Jin Roo, or however you say it, for the Dodgers, who's on the DL, he's thirty one. Matt Harvey's twenty nine. You know, mm-hmm. so looking at Matt Harvey's breaking down at age twenty nine. You know, not that everybody does. I'd give a couple years to a lot of those guys. I'd probably give three or I'd probably be happy. I could probably give four or five years to Corbin. The rest of them, yeah, a couple or three year. You mm-hmm. know, some of the other big name, names that you would know are more mid to upper thirties. Do you think a guy like maybe maybe not one of those particular guys? But I'm trying to think. Will the Reds really do that? Will they really spend free agent money on a established guy? Because to be established as a starting pitcher, by the time you get to free agency, you're not a you're not a youngster anymore. You're not you're not getting one when they're twenty three or twenty four. <laughs> Wasn't about six weeks ago when things were really bad. Um, was it Williams or Crawl or someone said that we will be spending money in the off season? Yeah. So I think you will see a reactionary. I don't like it, and I don't know that it's the case. But if nothing else, you will see a reactionary measure taken by uh, by uh, Reds management to get someone in just because of how poor they have done. Yeah. They being upper management, and yeah. then that trickles down directly to the product you have on the field. Right. So I think they will spend and maybe even overspend. But you can't get any position, okay? You can't get the equivalent of Pennington and Goslin again. No. That was just no. downright asinine, and yeah. that's what upper management did again for Brian Price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do that again. No, I mean Jared Hughes, David Hernandez; those are types of moves everybody makes every year. Right, right. Those, those are not, they've worked out well, but they're right. not—they're not like nothing special. You need those guys. But there's not the splash. I'm glad they did it. They did. They did a good job of saying these two guys we think can be good for this price, and they did a good job with that. Yeah. Can they do a good job getting frontline guys, a one or two starter, a top infielder, a center fielder, the two best center fielders on the list? Um, well, three. There's three. There's three guys that can play center field. They're going to be free agents. And they're all at least 30. So what do you do? Adam Jones is 32. You know, and the Orioles are awful. I don't know what kind of year Adam Jones is having, to be honest with you. I didn't look. Andrew McCutcheon's 31. He's a free agent again. Um, <clears throat> what do you do with that? It's, it's, you know, what about he, Yellick? Is he? No, I don't think he, he's not a free agent. That's true. Um, A.J. Pollock, who's on the DL right now for the Diamondbacks, is only th- and, and is 30. I mean, that's a guy. All three of those guys would be obviously an offense no matter how they played <laughs> if they were just if they were a little below their normal they'd still be a better offensive player than Billy Hamilton if Billy could hit 260 we'd keep him well yeah but he's not going to <laughs> now he that, is he's talking about giving up switch hitting I, do you think that could help based on what we've seen it can't hurt so you try something 
because his display the other day in the outfield was just typical Billy. Oh, yeah, that's, he was that's a part of the game, did. yeah. And then, you know, that he, he did, and it was very catchable. And the one he didn't catch, but the ball kept rolling. He charged it, had the momentum behind yeah. him, threw out the pitcher at the plate by a mile. And that's just Billy in the outfield. He does so much for you. But the Reds are so depleted with talent. They need so much more from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and I I don't mind if Billy stays on this team as a backup outfielder. I don't have a problem with that. Agree. You can use him in a lot of creative ways. Agree. To make a difference, and I don't have a problem with that. I mean, he obviously wants to start, but maybe he'd hit a little better if he didn't. I don't know. I don't know. So well, I saw I've seen Hunter Green a couple times lately, talking about future. I got, that kid's looking good. Not last time I saw him, he threw about 80 pitches, and I don't think he threw 10 non-fastballs. He was just all fastball. Humming it? Yeah, all fastball. He didn't even hit 100 that night. So, oh, that's the oh, okay, yeah, I was going to ask, was like that the night? Yeah, 99.6 was his, was his top. I mean, that would round to 100, but it was 99.6. Um, and then the start before, he hit start, 100, 100 like yeah. seven or eight times, well, right? Yeah, well, actually his last one. Just the other night, Saturday. Okay. I didn't see, so I was at their game Sunday and Monday. But Saturday, he, he popped 101 like seven or eight times early, like in the first three innings. I don't know what he did after that. That was the tweet I saw. Seems to be getting it done. Um, I think um, beginning of the season, I don't think he can, still had an understanding of what it takes to prepare and be ready for the other team. And I think he's gotten the picture. I don't think he was trying to not prepare. I don't think he understood. And I'm reading between the lines here of comments from him that I've heard, comments from the manager, comments from the pitching coach. I think, he, you know, he does. He goes, they have meetings before every game. I go over the hitters. I just think it's starting to sink in for him. And I think he's starting to understand how important it is. And he's getting some results. He's only results 18, from, he's right? He's 18, yeah. I mean, he will be 19 till August. I mean, he's a kid, you know. I mean, there's kids his age are still in high school this year. I think that he's going to be really good. The pitching coach, who was a former number one draft pick himself, Seth Etherton out of USC, uh, had ran into some arm trouble, pitched a little bit for the Reds. I think he was the number one pick by maybe the Angels or somebody. I could be wrong on that, but it was not the Reds. But I think he, he ended up making it up, pitched a little bit in the majors, had some arm issues. He's like... Is this guy still going to be? I don't see why not. I mean, he's he's very, like, all in on Hunter Green, talent, the ability. So, is he pitching in the majors when he's twenty one? I don't know. I hope so. I hope mm-hmm. he's not Robert Stevenson still trying to oh. get command of his fastball. I read an interesting piece on Red Lake Nation today about one of the guys wrote about suggesting that maybe, um. Stevenson's biggest problem is is command of his fastball. It's like his best pitch in a way, but he can't command it all the time, and that's where the walks come from. His other pitches, which, you know, most pitchers tend to, they're out, you know, that's sort of the setup pitch to get ahead, right? And then you get him out with, with something else. Well, he's having trouble getting ahead because he doesn't always command it. So McCullers has done this. Is McCullers just throws I, I all curveballs. Right? Did you read that? Yeah. It was interesting. McCullers is like a curveball guy, and he – focuses on that most pitchers that you know so maybe he has to do something else reinvent himself a little bit and he could be good but maybe not maybe he never maybe we never see him again i don't know i don't know i hope we do but i i think i think we will see hunter green i think he'll be pretty good so all right i got some stuff here on competition committee studying some changes and i don't know if it's all of them they were talking about it on mlb network today and i made some notes about it while i was watching one of the afternoon shows a little bit. I think I'll save that. We'll talk about that with Tom. Get some very. You know, I like some more opinions on that because um, I don't know what you guys all might think of this. So we'll, we'll. I'll save this for next time and see what happens. So, um, so we did those baseball card recollections last year a lot, and we were finding like the odd little things on the back of the card. They weren't really about the player. It was a different year. I forget what year I was looking at. Seventy-five or something. Seventy-six. So I pulled out my book here of 1974 tops, which was like the first year I started collecting cards. You know, I was like nine years old and started collecting cards. And I don't have the complete set yet. I've added to it at times over the years, but I don't have a complete set. So I started looking through some of the Reds cards. So 
I found there's Joe Morgan. All right. So the little cartoon thing on the back is actually something about that player on every card. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just kind of like, you know, not very interesting. But Joe's was, Joe's hobby is billiards. <laughs> All right. And by the way, talking about guys and peaking, he was an MVP. Do you know how old he was when he was MVP? 34. 31 and 32 was when he did it. And then he, two years later, he was hitting like 250. Yeah, he went down. But then he had a really, he had one good year with the Giants when he was in his late 30s. You know, he was like a top 20 player in the league again. But, you know, he he was kind of, so right after that's when he started falling. So it's like, don't give Scooter five years. (laughs) If Joe Morgan falls off at 33 and 34, what's Scooter Jeanette going to do? You know, he's not. Joe Morgan, despite the fact that some people have thrown out some comparisons out there. So I thought, well, that's interesting about Morgan. So I thought I'm going to do a little Google on that. And I'm going to see if I can find anything about Joe Morgan in billiards. So I found, do you remember this Sports Illustrated cover? With Joe Morgan on the cover? Like baseball preview issue? Vaguely. So it's about him being, you know, the best player in baseball. The headline on the story was the little big man. You know, only 5'7", Joe Morgan's baseball's most complete player. He harasses pitchers, hits, steals, scores, and fields, all with an air of arrogance. Okay? So he Joe was like, you got to be that way. you gotta, you got to have a little something about you. Um, and there, if you read the story, so I, it's, it's in the SI vault online where you read old stories. So I'm like, okay, what's this thing about beards? So found me this story so here's the lead on the story come on let's go said little joe morgan opening the car door i'm a moving man you know got to run over to san francisco now and get some cues and chalk and stuff for my new pool table (laughs) then got to play some golf we can do all our talking on the move so this is obviously he's back home in northern california in oakland off season and this report this uh probably watching a raider game yeah this si writer back then mark mark mulvoy uh, April 12, 1976. So it talks about him being, he was into that. Um, he, he steered his lime green and cream Cadillac for the Bay Bridge toll booth with the shortest line. Hey, lend me half a buck, will you, he said. So, the, right, so he made the reporter ride around with him and talk to him while he was doing all this stuff. So, interesting. So, Joe Morgan, a pool shark. <laughs> So who knew? So I thought that was kind of interesting to look back in there and see all that. So, well, we missed we missed Tom, and uh, hopefully he will be with us next time. And uh, but we thought we'd just go ahead and put one of these together. I still have no uh, communication from him here on my phone. No, I think this is the first time uh, either of us, either three of us, had failed to show up when we had planned it. So. Uh, He's uh, broke the ice a little bit easier for the next one of us. And yeah. if it's you, and we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Yeah, I sort of set it all up and record it, right? So I'm the producer, right? Yeah. The technical guy. So, well, we covered some pretty good stuff, I think. You know, we looked at, we like just a review. You know, we, we like that Winker's playing. We, we think Scooter's worth keeping. Just mm-hmm. don't pay him too much and don't do it for too long. And, um, um, some of the pitching looks good, starting to maybe come around. Could be good. I like our and new I, backup catcher. And I, yeah, he's been. I'll tell you, that guy's. He's been, a big boy. He's a revelation. He is a big <laughs> boy. I, it reminds me, just of his size, yeah. his frame, of an old catcher from the Cubs, number eight. Jody Davis. Jody Davis. Yeah. Jody Davis was a big boy. Yeah. So is this guy. Yeah, he's big, and he's he's actually hit and done produce more than what Mezzarocco did. He's, you know, in a short time, he's been like, yeah. oh, this is kind of stuff we were hoping Mezzarocco would do. You know, hit a home run, knock in a couple runs here and there. Um, I don't think he's going to steal the starting job from Barnhart, but I think if Barnhart got hurt, I feel a lot better about this guy than, Cruz. than Tony Cruz. Yep. So, Agreed. Um, I mean, he's certainly not proven as a guy who can be an everyday guy in the big leagues by any right. means, but I think he has, he just looks better at the plate. Cruz just didn't. I didn't even like the way he swung the bat. So, anyway, all right. Anything else? Uh, let's see. No, I. I um, well, I, I will. Cl- closing for me. Last comment is. Uh, 
Jared Hughes. You mentioned him earlier. ERA roughly now 1.06. What a um, what an addition. Yeah. You know, you got him, you got obviously Iglesias in there. Um, those two give you solid two solid pitchers and hopefully he'll just continue like that. How how long how many years did we sign him for? Was it just a one-year deal? Uh, maybe a couple. I'd have to look that I up. I hope it is, because if it's a one-year deal, if history is anything, we won't have him again after this year. Well, that could be true. I think he and um, – He hasn't pitched for one National League Central team. Was it the Cardinals? I think he, he may did. end up going to – or Chicago. He may have gone to I one of those two teams. Here, I can tell you real quick. I just called it up here. Um, Hernandez, they signed through 2019 – Mm-hmm. And Hughes the same. So Hernandez is making two and a half million this year and next. Hughes is making two point one two five, so he's making a little bit less. Hugh, uh, Hernandez is a free and clear free agent for twenty twenty. Um, twenty twenty, so they have him for so two they have years. For, they have him for two years, and they they signed him both for two years. The Reds mm-hmm. have a three million dollar club option for Hughes in twenty twenty. Okay, so, so we'll if, have another if two ha- years. If he year. has, if he has two really good years, you know how relievers can be. Yeah, like he could be like horrible second half of next year, because <laughs> that can happen to relievers. Or this year, oh, this year, you just yeah, look what yeah. I mean, Peralta's not what he was last year. You just never know with relievers; they come and go. But if he puts in two solid years, and he's really good again next year, they'll they'll three million. That's a bargain. Yeah. To keep him for one more year, yeah. So um, it's not a mutual option, which is what they have on Homer, which that'll never happen. <laughs> so those are the guys, the pitchers that come up for free agency in 2020, or that they could lose in 2020, would be Bailey, Hernandez, Hughes if they don't exercise the option. Matt Harvey, of course, is a free agent next year. He is. They only have him for this year. Um, those are the only guys, only guys that they can't keep next year. Really, Harvey's the only one that they won't, that they can't, that they don't have control of next year. Everybody else, they do. Hmm. So, um, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. So, all right, yeah, I've been, he, and he's funny. He's a, he's funny when he gets interviewed. He's just Mister Enthusiasm. The way he runs in from the bullpen. I saw a description. He's a lot of fun. Faster than a bullpen car. <laughs> <laughs> he is much faster than a bullpen car. Yeah, he would lap the bullpen car once or. Tw- once, maybe twice. So, all right. Well, it's June and we've sort of settled into the season. Yeah. Um, but when we return, will the Reds show that they have settled for what they are? Or will there be rumors, at least, to make us believe they haven't? Some of that free agent stuff we talked about, trades, what will they do? It'd be interesting to see. If they don't make any trades and wait to do free agency, I'm okay with that. I'm okay either way as long as it's good, right? I mean, I think we're all that way. So. It all kind of goes back to the idea of that plan we discussed in episode 27. Do they have a plan? And so we'll see. But until episode 29, <laughs> go Reds. Go Reds. Go Reds.